Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rhodes. On today's episode, Operating in the Mystical Realm to Steward a Move of Holy Spirit, A Supernatural Impartation of Power and Deliverance, But How Should We Interact with Angels? Ryan Hart is the founding pastor and senior leader of Kingdom Church in St. Louis, Missouri. He is passionate about seeing people personally experience the presence and power of God. His ministry is marked with biblical teaching that is faith-building and equips believers to demonstrate the reality and love of the resurrected Jesus. Ryan moves in the power of the Holy Spirit and regularly sees the sick healed, the lost saved, and the tormented free. I really have enjoyed uh, getting to build a relationship with Ryan Hart and uh, we still haven't gotten to meet in person, but we've gotten to do uh, a Zoom call. Actually, we, we were on a call, Justin, Ryan, and I, to record this podcast. It didn't work out. We were having some technical issues, so we, jo- we just sat and talked uh, on a call and talked about dead raising and hunger for the Lord and all kinds of other stuff. And I really got to see his heart. He's an incredible, um, incredible man of God. He's also a leader, and uh, I think I think he carries a, a really beautiful uh, wisdom on how to steward people while also uh, putting Holy Spirit first and stewarding the move of Holy Spirit first, and how those things come together. Uh, so I think you're going to love this episode. This is part two of that conversation. So if you've not heard part one, you'll want to jump to episode thirty nine. Uh, and that is the beginning and the first half of our, our conversation with Ryan Hart. Make sure you share th- you share this podcast with your friends, share it on your social media uh, when this comes out, share it on your Instagram stories, all those sorts of things. It helps us get the word out. It helps us actually uh, show up higher in the search results and things like that. Um, you know, just by the having more people listen to the podcast. Also, please leave us a, a review anywhere, any podcast app you have that has the ability to leave a review, like Apple Podcasts, leave a review. That'll help us show up higher in the search results as well. Lastly, if if this podcast or our ministry has impacted you in any way, would you consider a one-time or monthly gift of support to help us sustain and grow what we're doing here? Uh, and you know, ultimately the goal is we want to see this reach more people and stir more people uh, into a place of hunger for the real Jesus. We want more people to see who he really is. So your your support helps us do that. You can go to firemovement.com slash support. There you can choose a one-time or monthly gift. But thank you so much for those who support regularly and uh, uh, or at all just thank you it's an honor uh to be doing this and it's an honor to have you guys support that so thank you so much thank you for what you do and i just pray it multiplies back to you so we are going to jump into uh, my conversation with justin and alan and our guest ryan hart after a quick sponsor segment religion loves jesus the teacher is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. 
because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you gotta go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not gonna be transformed by a satisfied people. They're gonna be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you, is standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. All right, we're back with Justin Allen as my co-host, and we've got our guest Ryan Hart here. So if you missed part one of this conversation, which would be episode 39, you'll want to jump to that first, uh, just so you have full context about what we're talking about. You hear a little bit more of Ryan's story, and uh, especially the end, the tail end of that conversation was uh, really beautiful and just talking about stewarding the glory and, and engaging with the glory of God outside of just a service, but that being a lifestyle of engaging Jesus and beholding his face. So you don't want to miss that. If you finish that episode, you heard me ask this question, uh, and, and this is where I want to start with part two of this conversation. Uh, Ryan, in those environments, in those, those spiritually charged environments, God's moving, the glory of God's in the room, and God, God is manifesting himself, what is the most offensive thing that either God has just done in the room, in, a, in an environment that you're leading, you're, you're the one kind of trying to flow with Holy Spirit in those moments, what's the most offensive thing either he's done or he's asked you to do in those moments that uh, either offended, even offended you or offended the, some of the people in the room, uh, but really was him and was an, a, a manifestation of his glory? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, honestly, I think the first one, uh, that comes to mind actually was, was a manifestation, right? It wasn't something that he had asked me to do per se. Um, but it was, it was actually an individual who just would not stop laughing. And the, the unique thing was there wasn't anybody else in the room laughing. And so it, it was, uh, felt out of place, felt very, uh, distracting, very like wrong timing, just, just the whole, the whole thing. And even the sound of the laughter, just, I, I was going, Oh God, is this you? Or uh, just some of it just sounds pretty, maybe demonic even. Um, and, uh, and so as I just kind of paused and sat, sat in the moment, you know, just cause I didn't know, I think one time, sometimes you can get yourself in trouble just moving too quick, right? If you don't know what to do, don't do it. So just, just sit in the moment for a second. And so I, I did that. I just sat in the moment and said, okay, this is the Lord. Like, I, I know you spirit. I know you Holy spirit. This is you. Um, and so 
Uh, it was interesting because several different like uh, leaders and, and stuff like that begin to go and hey, quiet down, good quiet. So finally, just like, hey, hey, actually, just this is the Lord. Just let's let's just hold off for a moment. This is the Lord, and uh, it was. I think the the offense on that one was it was a extremely loud, disruptive cackle in a really quiet room, and uh, and it was a nonstop cackle. And I wasn't ministering on anything that you think would even lead to an outbreak of joy remotely. Uh, but actually what ended up happening, and I'm glad that we we, we, stood, we recognized it was Lord installed because uh, it actually ended up leading like the laughter itself was this person being delivered. And they they had actually been uh, it was a, it was a young 19 year old girl who had actually been touched inappropriately by her biological father. And the Lord was walking her through, and I didn't know it, but the Lord was actually walking her through places of, of her history that were extremely traumatic to her. And she would see things and start crying, and then she would just hilariously cackle as the Lord healed her. And she would just laugh and cackle. But it was it wow. seemed to be in a really inappropriate part of the service. Uh, it was in the middle of the message, which I've I've been preaching, and that happens, except for it was only one person. It wasn't the row. It wasn't a section, and it wasn't the room. And uh, and so for that one, when it first began, I actually, I was I was personally offended because I, I felt interrupted. <laughs> that that was where the offense was. Uh, the manifestation wasn't like in itself something that was offensive because I've seen seen laughter before. Uh, but for me, I had a hard time because I actually felt like I was preaching slash teaching really good. And I felt like I had the room's attention. I felt like the engagement was there and I knew where we were going. And this just kind of interrupted everything. Um, and then and then from there, it just became a holy chaos as, as we just sat in it for a moment and just, yeah, this is the Lord. Cool. Hey, we just, God's really ministering to this person right here. Father, we just thank you and just kind of bless what the Lord was doing. And then from there, the whole service just escalated and went to this place of actually ended up being like this, this really cool time of, of almost like a corporate deliverance and some things of that nature, then followed by just radical fillings of the Holy Spirit. Um, but that, that, that for a little bit was actually a hard pill for me to swallow because I, I felt very interrupted and I didn't like that because I had a plan and I was preaching really good and I had the room's attention <laughs> just candidly. Um, yeah. so that would be, that would probably, that honestly was the one where I probably felt the most offense because I was just, mm. I was actually upset oh. at her. I was upset at the girl, which is sad because she was being <laughs> healed, but I was upset at her, like just candidly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so funny that we're like really in, it's like, maybe it's a cultural thing, but like, we're really offended by laughter, but we're okay with crying. Isn't that and the like, truth though? <laughs> it really is. Like we get so offended over that. And uh, in our roundtable that Justin was a part of in season two, we talked about that. And that's like, that's actually legitimately, I had the same kind of thing and I got set free of suicidal thoughts, but I had so many people, you know, contacting like what was happening, not knowing that I was the one who it happened to, like they just knew somebody was interrupting the service and being like, Hey, what was up with that? Why didn't the staff, like, why didn't you guys stop what was happening? And I was like, that was me. I was getting delivered. So I don't, (laughs) (laughs) you guys can be offended. Um, it actually happened. We were talking about in, in the break. We were talking about VCC and uh, in Youngstown, and uh, that actually happened there as well. We were uh, I was with a group that was Georgian Banov's uh, prayer team. Oh yeah. And Jasmine Jasmine Tate from Mercy Culture, she was part of that, and uh, we were on the second row. And Georgian was giving this like impassioned 
gospel message talking about the cross and the, you know, Jesus dying for us. And it was this like weighty like moment. And one of the people in my row got hit with laughter and, and then it went through the row and actually the, the, the presence got hit us and we each got thrown about two seats to the right. <laughs> and, uh, everyone's looking at us like super offended about what's happening. And Georgian looks at us as he's trying to give this gospel message. And he's like, all you need this, you, you guys need what's happening. And then that's what like, you know, he kind of put his message to the side and God, God presented the gospel himself, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was, it was really amazing. And I think, I think uh, another thought to that too is I think as as ministers we in America uh, and you get challenged you get challenged by this when you go other places but in America we like it quiet no babies right. crying no cell phones going off nothing like it but then you go to other countries and I'll never forget being a young young guy preaching for the first time and you've got dogs barking you got people on the outside <laughs> talking motorcycles going by and then like a woman just. Uh, starts breastfeeding great you know and like obviously they don't they don't cover anything i'm just like i am so distracted by everything happening right now <laughs> um, but then you know it's a it's the same with the glory and like that god can be touching people and i i, I think that there's a uh, there's a maturity and resiliency that comes through le- walking in the glory that you can begin to to not be thrown off by that stuff to join with what god's doing and even keep like there's times that you can even keep moving on and keep keep going with mm-hmm. what what God's doing. I, you know, I've 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 seen that in my own life, and I've seen that uh, especially with David Hogan. Like he he was really good about that. I've seen Brian Guerin move really well in that, where like people can be getting touched, and that's not going to really change what he's doing until he feels like there's something corporately that needs to change. Um, right. And and so yeah, it's it's really cool. And I think Justin, you're really good at that. And actually, even you just in Brazil, that makes me think of your. You just being in Brazil, where it's all that that chaos, or uh, or the yeah. uh, the wine, whatever is happening. Was that in uh, New England? <laughs> that was yeah, like last week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because I I have this thing I say that I think that we have settled for falling under the weight of a glory that the Lord wants us to shoulder and steward. Um, and like some of the generals would talk about walking in the anointing, and. Uh, that sounds like a really interesting idea until you run with some of those people and there's a tangible weight on their life that not everybody can, can operate in. It's like kind of training at multiple times gravity, right? And just not everybody's built for it and it takes a while to acclimate yourself to it. But even when Ryan was talking about this is him, you know, it doesn't feel like him. Maybe it offends me, but it's him. And it's being able to catch the scent of the Holy spirit and, uh, I really am convinced the longer I do this, that it hinges on your ability to not be offended. Um, and I mean, cause I've been many, both, both sides, you know, like Ryan, like I'm preaching really, really good. And the Lord's just not concerned with my message at all. Right. Or I'm very, very distracted because this is not the way I would do it. But if I just stop, I tell people it's like, it's like leaning into the awkward. Um, I can do awkward. And because I can do awkward, if we'll just wait and kind of tarry in that moment, man, the glory of the Lord will crash in. Because the glory has nothing to do with us looking good. God is not concerned with how we look. He'll crash in and 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 mess up a place. But yeah, it's it's always in the awkward and the offense. And then just that waiting, just past that point of when you think the conditions are perfect, he's like, yeah, I, I don't care about that at all. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> but so like true. I could talk about this forever, but it's like the amount of times it went from awkward to heaven. Right. Um, I've lost track of, you know, Same. it's like, man, this, I, I am so uncomfortable. And then the King stepped in the room and you're like, Oh, this is it. You know, <laughs> then you feel better about it. Yeah, <laughs> you do. And that's, yeah. that's what I mean by you just, when you don't know what you just sit and wait, but just give it uh, when, mm-hmm. when you, when you begin to have, when there's an interruption for me, yep. before I do anything, before I'm, for me, before I even go, man, this is the Lord moving. And we just bless that. I, I, I'll, oftentimes I'll just, I, I pause when it's, when it's a mm-hmm. genuine interruption, you know, um, there's been a lot of yeah. times when preaching or ministering and there's just laughter throughout and it's just kind of what the Lord's doing. But then, yeah, when you have that moment and that's not happening and then there's, there's mm-hmm. somebody that, that starts repeatedly, whoa, 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 <laughs> over again. You're like, okay, what's going on there? Because this is extremely interrupting now or you get the laughter out of nowhere or, you know, for me, I always go, okay. I actually haven't found that for me personally. I've not found those things to be demonic very often. I've either I've either found them to be the flesh, uh, and a person mm-hmm. not not knowing they've not they're maybe not in that atmosphere very often. And so, so it's like what you said, you know, uh, Justin. It's uh, they can't shoulder it perhaps as well as some others. Mm-hmm. So, so the woes start happening really quickly, so to speak. Um, it's the ricky bobby what do i do with my hands yeah exactly (laughs) you know and uh and in that case i just go cool because if you don't get this very often you you need a good drink so just go ahead and take a good Mm -hmm. drink that's why you're here probably right go ahead and be refreshed uh but then sometimes you stop and it's really not fleshly it's like like oh wow that's that's a really holy thing and you just you mm-hmm. sit for a second and the next thing you know what's happening in that one person just kind of overflows into the whole room um, yeah. or it doesn't and you you just continue mm-hmm. on you know but yeah. often it does yeah well that's so they never underestimate like the ability of an individual encounter to overflow into a corporate and I think yes. Bill jo- Bill Johnson talks so about true. following lead or the point dog you know like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter if everybody has if one person has it we all have it Mm-hmm. And I, I've learned this from Randy, you know, where he just stepped back and, and like you said, watch and just bless what God's doing. It's like, man, I, I want some of that. Like, that's what I want. And just honoring. That's amazing that God's encountering them. It'll, it'll spill over. I mean, like maybe eight times out of 10, if you just give it a window, I don't make, that's not a hard and fast rule, but I've watched it many times where like, man, I don't really know what's going on, but that's beautiful. And then all of a sudden it gets loose in the room and you're like, okay, that was a good idea. You yeah. know? I, I think, well, okay, so we've we've probably all heard um, leaders say this at some point, but like, oh, if God's going to do it, I'm the leader, he's going to tell me. Like, I'm the pastor of this, he's going to tell me. I, I've heard leaders say that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I, Ryan, I, th- I think that the, the reason God shows up the way he does is because you have the humility to say, you know, it's not actually my agenda. I've got this great message people are tracking, but you want to do this. So I'm willing to stop and surrender to what you're wanting to do and how many pastors how many leaders how many times even my own life i've done this like how many times have we kept going in our own agenda you know thinking because it's our agenda because it's what's on our heart to do that it's god and we miss the very thing he's trying to do uh that would be you know life-changing to people more so than our message that they won't remember by a couple days later you know yeah, absolutely. It's such it's such humility. Absolutely. Um, 
I want to I want to jump into uh, the the practical a little bit, um, the practical to the mysticism, which almost seems contradictory. Um, and like, yes, Holy Spirit's very weird. Uh, it, there's a I've seen this become, especially out here in, in, in Seattle, I've seen a lot of churches kind of take the stance of like church without the weird, you know, right. uh, and things like that. And, and like you said before, it's, you know, Holy Spirit's weird. Heaven's weird. You read the Bible. Heaven's weird creatures with eyeballs and all this stuff. it's like it's weird totally. it's all weird um and and it, it it's offensive and it makes us surrender our our intellect <laughs> to to accept him um but then there are pre- there are practical things that you begin to learn and you actually you shared one of them when you said uh if you don't know what to do wait and and that's a like that is a really practical for somebody who's in a situation where you're stewarding glory, whether in your personal life, like that could be a personal encounter. Um, I, I heard I think it's Heidi Baker who says, like, you know, oftentimes people get up off the ground way before they should. And like God has more for them, but they get up because of mm-hmm. you know lack of patience or or whatnot. And so like um, that's a really good practical tip uh, to like engaging with what God's doing. It's like take a moment, wait, and, and realize like, you know, God, God might be doing something in the room that he isn't telling you and you need to pay attention and look for him in the room. What is he doing? Um, so what do you do in situ? We can talk through some different situations, Justin, if you have any thoughts on this or Ryan, if any come up and you just want to share, but I, I think about too, like, you know, what do you do in a situation where it, it really is somebody who is, is distracting whether it's I and I'm not actually like I think we'd probably all agree with this I'm not actually scared of the flesh like you said like sometimes they're the people right. that need a, a drink and I always tell people I, I disciple like everything starts in the flesh like when you pray in tongues you always start in the flesh like you always start with the same phrase you know until it's in the spirit worship we always <laughs> sing the song until our heart engages and we're in the spirit like everything starts in the flesh so I'm not afraid of people in the being in the flesh I just want them to get to the place that it's in the spirit and I want to help lead them that way um, but can you speak to like, what does it look like to have to shut something like that down? Or do you do you, what, what do those moments look like if it is actually distracting or taking away from what Holy Spirit's doing in the room? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I think there's a couple practical things when you have to, right? Uh, this is where like, especially it's easier for me whenever like it's our, it's our church, right? So, um, if I'm not the guest somewhere and, and it's in our house, there's a lot of not only just authority, obviously, that I carry in our house, but then trust that I have with people um, that it's very easy for me to to honestly a lot of times ignore things in a sense and give it a little bit and it starts to dissipate or die down uh, and to just not feed it. Um, but whenever whenever you do have to address it, you know, I've never uh, at this point in our church, in our three year history, I've never had to be like, yeah, that's not happening. We're shutting that down. Um, mm. I hope I don't have to. If we have to, we have to. Like you know, that is that's that might come with it. But we, I've not had to yet. There's been a couple people that I I'm aware of um, that that when they come in, I'm I'm just aware of who they are, and our team is aware of them. And so um, there's one person in particular that that um you know we're we're especially aware of and so um we just we try to have maybe somebody sit around them and and if something starts happening be there to quickly console them counsel them uh pray with them and and minister to them individually Mm -hmm. so 
we're at, you know, we're not a church of thousands. So it's, it's kind of easier to do that. Um, but then, uh, but then on, on another note, like that same thing, when we do some of our conferences and we have bigger crowds and things of that nature, um, it's, it's pretty easy to just be able to have a few people like our, we have a ministry team, right. And just have, say, could, could maybe a couple people from minister, that person's really, seems like the Lord might be doing something there. Um, not quite sure, but if we could have a couple people, maybe grab that person and go minister to them in the lobby or the foyer. Um, honestly, just something that simple. If it's truly like, even if it is the Lord or it's not the Lord, but it's just really distracting. Um, and it's not in what God has corporately, which I've not had that, that happen yet, but that would be something I would do is just, Hey, some of our ministry team, if you guys could maybe go check in, see how that, how, what God's doing with this person, what's going on and, and minister them in the lobby, which I've not had to do that one yet, but, um, I probably should have once, but we haven't. <laughs> I didn't it's do on, it. It's on your list. It's you on got list. their name. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then what happened is there was a whole section where people just started getting up and walk around and praying for one another. And it was just chaotic. And I actually yeah. hadn't experienced that before in, in here. And it was just chaotic. And it was not like, Oh, it wasn't like, man, the Lord was doing that. It was like the Lord fell. And then all of a sudden, like a whole group of people that have never prayed for anybody were like, yeah, praying fire, 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 fire. And it was just like <laughs> their response to God falling in the room but it actually wasn't what he was doing in the room. It was, it was just personal mm -hmm. zeal, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. it, it became extremely distracting and it wasn't bad. Uh, it's, it's mm -hmm. actually, I, I always, man, I want to be a champion of personal zeal. It wasn't bad, but it really was, really was distracting. And that one, uh, it kind of grew to that point and it probably would have been better if I'd have just said, go have like a few ministry people. I'll see the Lord's kind of ministering back there. Maybe a few, a few of our ministry team go back there and help out or, uh, whatever that probably would have been a better call. I love that you said that that zeal um, because I was going to say there's two ways that I categorize it, and I've been blessed to not have to deal with it publicly too many times. It's happened a handful of times. Um, ultimate core value is is the presence of God over everything, presence of God over people's personality, presence yeah. of God over what they're going to think about what I do. I don't want to lose that. You know, if the cloud is in the room, I don't want it to dissipate and go away. Um, but Proverbs 19 too, I was just pulling it up while you were talking, but it's enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes or, you know, uh, the idea that, that, that zeal without knowledge is not a good thing. Um, but also immaturity. I think Ryan, you're uh, Ryan Rhodes. <laughs> you're the one who said this one time and it was profound to me, but you're like, immaturity is not sin. It's just immaturity. So there are a lot of times people will function and maybe zeal without knowledge or immaturity. And it's not malicious. It just is what it is. It's a transgress. And I'm like, I give a little more uh, mercy or leniency there. But then there are times where I've been ministering and I feel like this is blatant rebellion, uh, insubordination. And the Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Now, because I function predominantly in the prophetic and discerning of spirits, a lot of times I have a very adverse reaction to that. Now I have, I have openly rebuked people and the reason I've done it is because I felt like they were drawing attention to themselves intentionally, which is ultimately stealing the glory of the Lord, sure. uh, which is something I don't have a tolerance for. 
And uh, those have been really kind of the two instances. Now, like, again, manifestations, there's a diversity of them. They can happen a lot of different ways. But most of the time I just see oh, it's, it's sealed without knowledge or enthusiasm. That's okay. Um, but I have seen people try to leverage anytime someone leverages a presence or encounter to say, look at me, look at me, look at me. That's not a good thing. Now, that's not to say that it won't be demonstrative and there's other, but you can kind of feel the tone behind it um, for me personally. So, yeah, I, I think it's just sometimes it's novice and other times it's uh, it's pride uh, for me. Hmm. That's good. There, there was one time where I, I, I was thinking back through our history as a church and there was once where we actually we did have to rebuke somebody and then actually have to ask them to leave the property. Um, and so, and, uh, she came in, she had never been to our church before in her life, this lady. Uh, and she came to two, uh, to two back-to-back services. We, we were having like an equip weekend or I can't remember the name of it. We were doing something. She came to two back-to-back services and the glory of God was falling and she was standing up and she was, she was beginning to out loud. Now the whole room was experiencing the glory. So it wasn't like her voice was above all the others and distracting in that way. Uh, but she was verbally beginning to, to out loud, just almost chant is what it was. And she was reading uh, and declaring things from, from a book. And I had no clue who this was. Our team had no clue who it was. And nope. uh, one of our prophets in house, yeah, exactly right. One of our prophets in house goes, hey, this lady's not okay. So we, we actually had to address her. And so we said, hey, listen, here's what you're allowed to do. If you want to read anything, you can read from the Bible and declare anything from the Gospels that you want to declare over this house. We're okay with that. She's like, yeah, but this is a no. Like, there is nothing else. And so she just kind of began to fight like tooth and nail, made a big scene. Is like, yeah, you're out of here. We, you're, yeah. we're, you're, you're gone, Zod. So um, that was the one. She, she was the one that we did have to kind of see later. Yeah, and in those environments, they you know they draw those people because right. the enemy the enemy wants to bring distraction, wants to sow discord. I, I, I Justin, I think I've told you the story, um, but we had uh, one of my strongest strong strongest giftings is just discerning spirits, and a lot of times I can kind of tell what's happening in in, in people, uh, good, bad, all of it, and and so as as a staff, it was really helpful. Um, because I could typically like pinpoint those kinds of things when they were happening before they'd get bad. There was one that I wasn't being listened to and, uh, me and one other person on staff are like, Hey, this mother daughter that keep coming, they're sitting on the, the second row right behind the staff. They're doing weird things like this is not okay. And I was like, guys in a staff meeting, I was like, this is, she's a white witch. Like she's a witch. That's what, that's what's happening right now. And they're like, no, she's the head intercessor of this so-and-so church up the road. And, and I'm like, she's a witch. Like she's a witch. She's controlling her daughter. Like there's a weird connection there. And they're like, no, she's here to, to meet Jesus. And like, well, I'm like, nope, that's not what's happening. So this, her daughter, she would sit there under a, uh, a prayer shawl and, uh, do whatever she was doing. And then her daughter, um, had had a pretty crazy background really like rough uh sex industry background and all this stuff and um and she just like would come in wearing short skirts and stuff and then she would go around like every time we would pray for something 
And like we're, we're a church that a lot of times we do the, hey, you know, stand up, people around them go and pray. And I'd watch her specifically go after the young guys who had lust issues, perversion, like whatever, the, like those kinds of issues. She would work her way through the crowd to lay hands on them. And I'm like, this is not okay. And uh, yeah, and then she started ending up on stage and like during worship, dancing around. And then the, the, I, I end up being the one who had to confront that multiple times because no one else wanted to. And, uh, the final straw was her dancing around and she may or may not have had anything on underneath, uh, and may, you know, might've, mm. might've flashed the whole crowd. We couldn't fully tell. Um, but it was bad enough, a bad enough distraction. We had to deal with it. So this is where this gets crazy. So then, you know, one of the other, um, somebody with more, more seniority than me goes, okay, you've been saying they're a witch, like, you know, this just happened. This has got to end. Like, are you, are you sure about this? And I'm like, hundred percent, that's what's happening. And, uh, so he's like, okay, I'm gonna have a conversation that they're not welcome back. We'll do inner healing with them outside of the congregation. And then, you know, until we feel comfortable having them back. And, uh, so this is where this gets really crazy. So they, he goes and talks to her. This lady's name is Karen, K-A-R-E-N. Like we know this, we, you know, we know who she is. Like people have had a relationship with her for years. We know her name. So he goes up and he, he's like, so, Hey, I want to introduce myself. I'm one of the pastors here. What's your name? And she said, Kieran. And he's like, Karen. And she's like, Kieran. And he said, Karen, K-A-R-E-N. And she's like, no, Kieran. And she spelled it. I forget how it's spelled. K-I-E-R-A-N. And he's like, okay, well, then he kind of like gets into it with her. And then she like flips out all upset, all the stuff they leave he lets her know well hey you're not welcome back here we'll walk through this so if you look up the name kieran it means dark one uh (laughs) and so she over and over again affirmed her name was dark one and it wasn't karen and so it was just this crazy thing it was like this went on for like two months and it was like two months and after that it was a conversation of like okay we should probably guard this stuff a little bit more (laughs) Uh, and like actually be willing to confront it because uh, that stuff's very real. Bobby Connor has a bunch of stories like that you guys have probably yeah. heard about witches and, and occultists yeah. and stuff in the <laughs> services. It's, it's yeah. wild. It is. Stuff That's is real. real. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, it's just like you hear the stories, you wonder if it's true. And then if you stay in ministry long enough, <laughs> you're going to have some circumstances that you just ultimately like the summary of all that we're talking about is you have to learn how to hear the Holy spirit and he'll take you down uncharted territory, you know, and there will be trails you have to blaze. If you're a church planter, if you're working in missions, uh, if you're doing itinerant ministry, you're going to be, you'll, you will soon find yourself in a situation that you never dreamed you would be in. (laughs) And you're not going to be able to maybe read a Bible story. That's going to give you that. This is the one, two, three ABCs. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why it's so important. Like, as we talk about stewarding these encounters and, and my heart in the process, um, because you're dealing with people and you're dealing with, like you said, when the glory shows up, yeah, it's the person getting delivered. Um, uh, <laughs> it's the glory of God. It's the flesh all at the same time, you know? <laughs> and, and you're like, I don't know what to do with, you know, right in this moment. But, For sure. uh, if we trust the Holy spirit, we will never, we won't always like, you know, get an a plus plus every time, but we'll never fail, you know? Uh, that we have the opportunity to, to retake the test until we pass it. That's the beauty of the kingdom, right? Yeah. Good stuff. So another, another practical, um, so when you're in those environments and you're ministering, we started talking about angels before and you said you're not necessarily a seer in that sense, but like 
how how much do you lean into or sense that you're working with angels versus working with Holy Spirit, like specifically? Um, can you can you bring any definition to that or speak to that at all? Yeah, I I feel like f- for me, um, there's two angels that typically are around whenever I start to minister, and especially the arena of like impartation. There's 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 really two angels that are, are it seems that the Lord has dispatched to to walk with us and help us in ministry. And, and if you guess what's important to know, it's you know the, we we don't worship angels, but we shouldn't be unaware of them. Uh, that that we actually we have help we have angelic help and it's we're going to receive angelic help that we're unaware of uh, but if if the Lord has indeed made angels to be ministers of flames of fire and to actually help us in our God in our assignments that come from it we have callings we have assignments that come from the Lord and then there are angelic assignments to assist us in our calling. And for mm-hmm. me, I would like to be aware of angelic help I have so the partnership can work easier and be better than to be unaware yep. um, and to be ignorant. I, and so that's something that I have prayed. And I said, Lord, I want to be aware of angelic assistance and angelic help. And then whenever, like more specifically getting into those ministry times, uh, how do I know if something is the Holy Spirit or if it's an angel? Um, I think sometimes, uh, just to answer very candidly, sometimes I don't know. And that doesn't bother me because it's all from God. So whether the method is the spirit actually touching the person or something coming from an, an angel, it's coming from God, but the messenger, the delivery package is through an angel, doesn't really bother me as long as the person gets what God wants them to get. So on that level, uh, there are times where just there's a lot of things, and I'm like, man, I don't know if that was a Lord, the Lord, like the Spirit himself, or an angel. I don't know what that was. There's other times where I've, be, I've done this long enough, and I, I this is one that's difficult because it's like, I don't have I don't have a specific scripture to turn to. So this is what when you start talking like Christian mystics, right? There's a lot of scriptures that inform us, but there's not a lot of scriptures that are prescriptive. Um, and so so this is part of that that it's like we can find descriptive scriptures, not prescriptive scriptures with some of this. And so this would be one of those areas. Um, I would say from experience, and I know that all the critics are going to immediately shout at that one, but <laughs> truth is. From experience, there's been there's just certain ways where when there's a certain manifestation, especially when moving in impartation, I've come to recognize that was an angel, like the Lord has sent. And there's like I said, there's two angels, uh, really, that the Lord's assigned to operate with me. And so what's happened is a lot of times, in moments, whenever whether it's in our home church, a kingdom church, or whether it's in whenever I'm traveling, and we begin to see. Uh, moments of just refreshing, outpouring of glory, impartation, that arena of things, uh, a lot of times I, I, I see in that time. And a lot of times I, I actually see two angels. And oftentimes I will see them walking around, standing behind, putting a hand upon, standing above, releasing gifts to, imparting into. 
And many times, whether the person's experiencing anything or not, like sometimes I'll see an angel standing behind a person or walking towards a person or standing near a person. And I actually know, okay, I need to go pray for that individual. For me, there are times with crowds where we just line everybody up and lay hands on them. Oftentimes in the way I operate, it's more or less from the stage. And I just, after I, I, whenever it is in the title, I'll begin to go, okay, yeah, you want to come on, bring that person on up here. Uh, or get this person to come on up here, or you three over there, come on up here, or that whole row, stand up. You know, sometimes a lot of times if there's a whole row, and I'll say, all, all of you know, that whole row right there, stand up, you know, in the name of Jesus, like fire God on you. A lot of times when I see that, and there's a whole row of people, uh, mo- normally it's actually, I've seen the spirit of the Lord almost swirling above them, and then I've seen an angel or two behind them. And so at that point I go, okay, the Lord is actually moving here. So I see him there, and I'll, all I got to do is actually, as a minister that God's put grace and giftings on my life, is step into what what he's what he's prepared them for um and so there is a dynamic there's times where and i i I would say nine out of ten times i do not draw attention to what i'm seeing in the room um if i'm in a church that tends to be much more prophetic and they have seers in that church i'm i'm more open with talking about what i see uh but most often i don't because I don't want people's attention to go, oh, where's the angel? I don't see an angel. What's going on here? Uh, and so normally I'll just uh, a lot of times see an angel next to a person and I'll know, okay, I need to go minister to that person. I get over there. I'll lay hands on them and the spirit of the Lord. Or sometimes I don't even get to them and I don't even get to lay hands on them. I'll just begin to say, hey, yeah, right there, stand up. The Lord wants to touch you. And then sure enough, the Lord touches them. Um, and I was able to identify that uh, because because I saw an angel there ministering to them already. And so, and I just came into agreement with what I saw the Lord doing for me. Um, there are two specific angels that I see oftentimes when I minister in that arena. And then whenever I know it's not an angel is for me, there are times where I don't know how to say it. Um, Justin might have better language than I do. Uh, but it's almost like this, 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 this fiery ribbon, like a, a swirl, this fiery ribbon that will go out inside over around and all around people and oftentimes i don't i don't think that's angelic oftentimes i believe that's just uh kind of something i'm seeing in the room that's giving an indicator to the spirit of the lord moving on a person so um so that would be kind of my experience Mm. and like i said it's hard because with that one we have a lot of church history that we can look at different people talking to we've got different Mm -hmm. things in the scripture but so few of that is prescriptive once you get into that realm of like Christian yeah. mysticism. So it's hard to be able to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, here, here's, a, here's a prescriptive scripture for that. So, I mean, we, we know that angels minister. And so that one mm-hmm. we, we know. But I, I think one of the things you said is interesting for the viewers to or the listeners to pay attention to is, you know, what is it to see? You know, I'll stand on my rampart and I will watch to see what he will say to me. What is the word of the Lord? Yeah, it's it's sight, sound experience Mm. um, and to perceive by the spirit does not necessarily mean that we will see a silhouette of an angel or or an angelic being or a spiritual being or something like that. So for me as a seer prophet, you know, like. Uh, the the functions they kind of ebb and flow depending on how the spirit needs them to function um, but I will rarely see a physical being but I will see what I know to be a sign like you're talking about that red orange right. ribbon um, sometimes I will see uh, like a it, it reminds me oftentimes I'll see this so like the movie predator you see like a like a a, a transparent silhouette of a being that's yeah it's a really good way tall. to say it 
Um, that's what I see a lot. Mm-hmm. Or I will see uh, tints of light where some people would refer to them as maybe an aura or something like that, a new age language, but it's tinted colors that I'll see other times. Um, I will see like a whirlwind. Um, I, I think I saw that over you and Milka the first time I prophesied over you. I saw the, the wor- whirlwind of the Lord, which was a messenger of God. Now, there's no scripture that I could point to. Uh, I know that in Job, God spoke to Job out of the midst of a whirlwind. Well, I don't know the context for that, right? But I know that I'll see that sometimes. And generally, when I see that whirlwind, somebody's about to get rocked, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the whole room will change. And even when you said it's like you're trying to put language to something that someone is experiencing, but they don't yet understand what it is. And what I've seen is if we'll speak by faith what we've seen in the spirit, all of a sudden there's this uh, subliminal connection that is made by the person experiencing God. And it'll it can shift a room. It can change mm. a person's life. So I think sometimes people get caught up in the the semantics or the verbiage yeah. or vernacular or whatever. And the reality is that part of my job as a, as a mystic, as a seer, as a prophet, whatever, is to kind of connect the, the dots. This is that, you know, what is it? Well, this is that. This is what the Spirit spoke of, you know, when the Holy Spirit come in a diversity of expression. So with the angelic, it's so fun. It's interesting, too, that you mentioned there's two. There's two because um, I've been all over the place and I've consistently, I haven't always seen these guys, but I have little kids come up to me all the time that'll draw pictures and worship. And I have like a 10-foot guy that has a fiery sword. And then I have a slightly smaller guy that's like clothed in blue fire. It's a, it's an angel of revelation. It's an angel of fire. And almost every single time I've ever done impartation, I've either had a, a child come to me with like a picture or tell me that, or someone who sees say that's there. So I just know from experience that they're with me in impartation and stuff like that, which is really interesting how we come to yeah. these things. Like there's not, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's not a hard rule. Um, but with mysticism and Christian mystics, it's so interesting to see. There's a lot of the stuff that, that is true. Uh, we just don't know how we got there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's that's the neat thing. So like for me, I was completely obtuse and unaware of a lot of angelic happenings. And then you mentioned uh, Ryan Rhodes. You mentioned um, uh, Brian earlier, right? And that guy, um, he, you know, good old, that Texas voice, you know, hack. But that guy, he, he's got a whole lot of angel stories. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was actually, uh, I was, I was, I had several moments where I, I had seen kind of like the silhouette type thing that, that Justin was talking about. Uh, and I, I was very much aware that there was an angel present to minister and I didn't call attention to it. So when I began to notice that, I just began to minister to the people that I saw that angel near. And so, um, and those people tend to get rocked. And so, um, but then I I had a really good friend of mine who said, Hey man, I just, you're going to think you might think this is crazy, but the Lord's, and he didn't know that I'd seen that, but he's actually Jake at our church here. He says, and like, you've already got this, this one angel that's assigned to you, but the Lord's actually released another one. And uh, I'm like, man, this, that's crazy. Um, okay. I have no grid for this. And so uh, I started studying angels in the Bible, um, went, went through the entire, all 66 books and just studied angels, 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 angels. And then I read, uh, I actually read, I think my, the most fun read I had was Brian, Brian Gruden's book um, on uh, hosting the angelic, I think is what it's called. 
it's a real short one. That's right. Real short book. But it, in that book, he even made he even made reference to, hey, get ready, because some of you guys are going to be aware of, of the angels the Lord sent to you. And it's funny because I've read that and I was on a I was on a ministry trip and I had our executive pastor with me on that trip. And uh, and we had an angel encounter and this tram going up a mountain. And it was a pretty wild, unique one. And, uh, and it came right on the tails of reading that book. And after that, I became very, very much more aware after that encounter, especially much more aware of in services um, and of their their being there. But the seeing of things, too, I think what George, or what Justin said, I, I would say that I also I would agree with like like the whirlwind. Like there's been times where like I like common things I see would be like waves. I see a lot of waves yeah. like like crashing of waves before anything happens. Um, one of the things that I see commonly, especially before services, like just break out with a lot of joy is I, I, I see barrels of, of wine being poured out over mm. the room. And I, I've seen mm. that numerous times and I'll never say anything. And joy just begins to, mm. to be poured out. And it's like the Lord's just letting me know, hey, we're going here tonight. And so, mm. I mean, and I, I don't, I'm not a seer. And, uh, you know, I, I would say probably for every 10 places or every 10 times I, I preach, I have a seeing encounter maybe once every 10. But when you do that for years, that ends up to a lot of stories. Um, but I'm not a seer. It's not like everywhere I go, I see stuff all the time. And the majority of the time I don't, but over years you end up getting a lot. Yeah. What's your guys' view on, on, uh, on talking to angels and like commanding angels and stuff? I, I have some, I have some thoughts on this, but I'd like to hear where you guys are at. And it's totally okay if we disagree. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've had one conversation with an angel um, but I have never, I, I, I would never put myself in a position to command an angel. That's just me personally. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't be against, I'm not like, it, Hey, if, if either of you fall in that category, I'm going to command them. I'm not going to be like, yeah, don't do that for me personally. I've, I've not felt in a position to be like, Hey, Hey angel do this or whatever. But instead, uh, like in moments of like impartation, I just, I just kind of go, Hey, I, there's this history. I know what God's going to do. And so I just begin to mm -hmm. almost declare and, and almost declarations of faith. I, I, I would call it like a confession of faith. And I, I would, I would say or propose that I think oftentimes a confession of faith can activate the angelic mm -hmm. and bring them in to move. Um, that would mm -hmm. kind of probably be where I land on some of that. I, th I think, um, you know, the Bible says that, <clears throat> that angels are heir, are, are ministers to the heirs of salvation you and I being heirs to salvation. So there's something in the, the process that they're working out um, where their judgment is tied to working with us and through us. And I don't understand fully theologically how that works at different seasons of my life. I've gone in and out. Um, it's interesting because I was thinking about this, this angelic encounter I had like 10 years ago uh, where I was driving to Kentucky and it was one, it was my first, I, I think it was, more than 10 years ago, I'm getting older, but it was my first like itinerant trip. And I was going to preach at, at this conference and I was driving there and I had this open vision while I was driving and I saw myself preaching in the room and in the back part of the room, I saw like a 12 foot blue translucent angel with a big hammer in his hand. And he was standing in the back. And while I was preaching, I said, there's an angel that came with me and he carries a specific breakthrough for I think like a spirit of religion and like uh, just legalism and, and st broken mindsets that keep you in bondage um, to guilt, shame, and condemnation. 
And I said in the dream, I said, if you'll go over there, um, there's, there's a significant breakthrough you'll experience breakthrough and, and that'll fall off. And in the, in the vision, people went over there and fell. And then like I came out of the dream and I felt I was sitting by myself in my, I had a Tahoe at the time and I felt this, this angel that I saw in my vision was sitting beside me and he wasn't like nice. He was, he was like, didn't feel like he was in a good mood. And I'm like really intimidated. I'm running through in my mind, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like what's happening. I'm very intimidated. And I was like, what is he doing? Why is he here? You know, what's his name? And then I was like, internally, I'm like, can I, can I talk to him? And the whole, and the Holy spirit immediately said, yeah, ask him his name. And I asked him his name and immediately, um, and there was an internal audible voice. As soon as I asked the question, he says, it was like, his name was Uriel. And I was like, oh, which is actually a, a very specific angel. If you'll study like angelology, I'd never even knew this before. And I said, and for some reason by the spirit, I knew to ask him, are you assigned to me and the call of God on my life? Or are you assigned to this trip that I'm on? And he said, I'm assigned to this trip. I'm just here with you for this. And it was super crazy, you know, and I went and there was a moment in the service where what I saw opened up, I did the exact same thing I saw in the vision and heaven opened in the room. It was, it was bananas. It rained inside the room, y'all. That's like, wild. so like actually like rain started to fall in the room. Heaven broke open. It was, it was wild, crazy, but I've always wondered, you know, like, so I talked to that angel in that setting and I don't command them on what to do. Um, I will, I will say what I see. And I will, I will acknowledge angels openly, regularly in impartation settings, like angels of God, do what you came to do. I release you to go and minister the kingdom of heaven now. And I've seen that there's something about that in acknowledgement and that co-laboring. Uh, Randy taught me this over and over. There's way more than you can do. So we want the angels of God mm. to come in the room. And I think there's a, there's a passage that says angels long to look into essentially the plan of salvation. So when kingdom uh, kingdom work starts happening, it's like this gravitational pull towards the angelic. From what I understand through scripture and experience and stuff like that, so that's kind of my hot take for what it's worth. Yeah, that's really good. You guys both said something very similar, and I I have the same the same stance. I've never I've never felt right with the commanding angels. I've heard some people I really respect talk about commanding angels um, as a positive thing, and. So I'm not going to take anything away for that. But for me, like similar to what Ryan said, like I'm in the place. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. But I'm not against talking to them either. Like if an angel yeah. comes to me, I think it's Bob Jones who would always ask like, okay, give me a scripture for that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if an angel's saying something to you. Um, but it's, it's interesting because you guys both said the, uh, the piece about basically declaration or speaking out what you see. And Ryan, I know you don't necessarily like publicly call, publicly call out. There's an angel here, Justin, you say, and you are, I think it's all kind of user preference, uh, essentially. But the verse I, I think of with angels is Psalm 103 20, which is bless, bless the Lord. Oh, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice mm-hmm. of his word. And I like that verse, like that's what you guys are talking about. We become the voice of his word and we can begin to speak out what he's, whether we acknowledge and say, there's an angel in the room doing this, or we just say, Mm -hmm. God's releasing such and such, or we just start declaring in faith out of scripture. We're actually giving the angels something to move with. Yeah. And I I think it's, it's kind of interesting because like, I I think a lot of Christians are very unaware of this. And it's almost like 
similar to what Paul said about like, you know, of, of the works of the enemy. I don't want you to be unaware. Like you actually need to understand how that realm works in the same way. We really do need to understand some of this as, as ministers of the gospel, um, yeah. whether you're in a, an official position or not, you know, because, um, those moments are, you know, we pick up stuff with our five senses, whether you're seeing the silhouette or you're, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're flames of fire. I think the thing I've experienced probably the most, more than even seeing them, I have seen them. There was a whole season where I saw them with constantly, but like more than anything is probably this, the feeling them. And like you mm-hmm. walk in the room and there's just like yeah. a hot section of the room. And I've taken people there and been like, just stand there and received and watch people get thrown. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or just really encounter God in that and receive an impartation from that, uh, because, you know, because they're standing where the angels at. Uh, yeah. so there's, there's something to that as well. Totally. I've done that a lot in ministry too, where, where I've, I've, I've like noticed there's an angel in a certain area and I said, Hey, all right, so I'm going to pull people up and I just actually have them stand in that, in that area until they're, they're really touched by the Lord. I've seen seen that one a lot. And then, uh, I would say one of the things, uh, like I, I, so I have drawn attention to like, Hey, uh, like there's, there's angels here tonight to release heavenly gifts. Uh, I've drawn attention to that, but what I've not done has been like, Hey, you, you've got an angel right behind you for this. Or like, like I've not done that. Cause there's been moments mm. where I've, I've seen an angel there for a person, but I've not drawn attention to that type of, of stuff. It's been more like, mm. yeah, Hey, God's really moving. And right now there's, there's, there's even just go ahead and just receive. Cause there's gifts that are being released. There's angelic presence here just to release even gifts from the Father in this room tonight. And so yeah. I think it it really comes into play with mass gatherings, you know. Uh it just depends on like the the lane that you run in. Uh, I just very similar story I just recall right now is like Voice of the Apostles like circa 2018. I was in a breakout room, but it was like packed to the gills. Man, it was like 700 people in there. And I remember ministering and the presence of the Lord was so strong and it was leading up into like this, like there had to be some kind of call to action. And I remember as I'm preaching, I can feel like the faith in the room and I'm like, God, I can't pray for these people. I don't know what to do. And I felt this nudge to look to my right and I saw like this, this portal open up for lack of, we're talking about angels. We might as well talk about portals, but I saw this very distinct beam of yellow light coming from the, from the the ceiling out of the ceiling to the floor. And I saw angels all around it. And I, I heard the internal audible voice of the Lord say, direct them to go over there. And if they try to, if they go over there, they're going to encounter. And I did like the weirdest thing ever. I was like, okay, I can't pray for you. I'm not going to pray for you. But if you'll go over there, you know, I didn't even tell them what was going to happen. And slowly but surely, everyone who went over there, they would get to the outside. I could see it. They couldn't see it. They'd get to the outside. They'd fall out. It was like fan, like circle of bodies everywhere. And every person that walked in there was covered in gold, uh, their hands, their face all over them, radically encountering the Lord. And it expedited the process because I couldn't have prayed for them. And I've seen it happen many other times as well because it's like, okay, God will, God will do his thing. Uh, but I, th- I think it does help with mass quantities. And, and I'll identify... Sometimes I'll see it on people. I'll just be like, yeah, there's an angel here and this is what it's assigned to do. But I think that's more because of my function and role as a, a prophetic guy, you know, mm-hmm. just like this is what it is, you know, and, and somehow that helps. But yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's it's a mystery, though. It's I'm never I never want to be like, oh, this is exactly what's going on. I think that's where we mess up because we're like, oh, the angel must mean this. And even when I love signs and wonders as much as the next guy. But a lot of times people will describe feathers appearing 
to angels. And I'm like, I show me an angel with feathers in the Bible. You know, archangels have wings, but no other angel. They all look like humans. You know, they don't have wings. You know, I'm like, okay, feathers are cool, but it doesn't mean angels. And uh, I always think you know, of the I, dove. I, I always think of the Holy Spirit and people are always like, it's yeah, an angel feather. And I'm like, I don't like, know. Yeah, angels don't Maybe. have feathers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's funny too, because you talk about commanding angels. I just kept thinking of like, we've all been like with an overly zealous, like young freshly filled Holy Spirit person and pretty soon they'll start commanding the Holy Spirit to do stuff. You right. know? I, it's like, I'm okay with angels. Just stop. Don't tell the Holy Spirit what I command you. Holy Spirit. No, stop. Whoa. <laughs> Pump the brakes on me. <laughs> That's so funny. I, uh, I, I feel like I, I, I felt like I was supposed to share this. So I'll share this real quick. And then, um, Ryan, I just want to ask you after this, just about your, uh, what are you feeling right now? Like what's God speaking over the body or the nation, like anything like that, anything that's on your heart. Um, but with this whole thing and like how we cooperate with angels, I think this brings a good picture. Cause like when, when Holy Spirit was teaching me about this, I was actually at a worship thing in Pittsburgh with just worship leaders and, and I was there and I'm not a worship leader uh, at all. Um, and they were talking about music and stuff. And at one point, we were worshiping and I, I could see all of a sudden I could see the angelic and what I, but I also could see notes. I could see notes coming off of the instruments. And, uh, and as the, as the notes were coming off the instruments, they were floating up and angels were reaching out, grabbing a hold of the notes and in their hands, they were becoming swords. And it was like one of the clearest pictures for me. And I was watching them. I watched this war with the demonic start to happen uh, and then later on, I end up having this whole dream about it. Um, but I just realized like even something that simple, like declaring who God is, worshiping him, adoration, the things that come out of our mouth actually are the weapons that the angelic can use to minister on our behalf or to war on our behalf um, and and to do the things that we need them to do in our life. It, it starts with our mouth. And I think that that's the part where I'm like, I'm, I've, I'm concerned that the body so not wanting to get in the weird or, or, you know, and some of them rightfully so they've seen people get really weird with angels and get into the commanding or they're constantly being you know visited, but it's not, it's not legitimate or uh, angel of lights giving them a different gospel. You know, like everyone's heard those kinds of stories uh, enough so that Paul had to talk about it, you know? And so I think, I think there is a little bit of a fear of, of falling off. Um, but I, I think it's really important that we as a church begin to understand like the things that, that's where declaration comes in. It's not just us trying to convince God. Like it's actually giving the angelic the ability to do what they are called to do. We're giving them the weapons that they need to wage war on our behalf. Uh, when we pray, when we worship, when we declare. Uh, so I just wanted to, I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to make that point. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah. If you guys have anything to add to that, you can, but um, then I wanted to move into what you're feeling, Ryan. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, I think um, I think as far as just things that I, I personally feel like what the Lord's doing right now, and just if I could release anything, uh, I'd say I'd say two things. Uh, one of them is more of a, in this season, I believe this is what the Lord is doing. And then the second one is just, it's from my heart. It's who I am. So the first one, uh, I, I genuinely believe that one of the things the Lord's doing right now is is kind of calling his people to practice courage. Um, I think courage and confidence right now are, are really big things uh, here in the West, uh, at least in St. Louis, right? Um, I really believe 
that, that the Lord is calling people to, to break up in this sense with, with an unhealthy desire to be liked by everyone and to be a confident people. And I, I, I really just believe that's something that is from the Lord. And I think that's broader than, than just the church I lead and that I pastor. Um, break up with an unhealthy desire to be liked by everyone. There's this thing that's, that's gotten into the world, gotten into the church that says, if I want to win the unbeliever, I have to be liked by them. And so therefore, the enemy gets in and he... He will prey on your pure heart that loves people, but he, but you don't you see it you see the way he manipulates your actions, not the purity of your heart. And so, because I, I really love people with a purity of heart, I want to like them. And so, what happens is then I I actually remove confidence from what I would say or what I should say, and bend to do things so that people would like the, like me and receive me so that they can hear the gospel, so that they can come to our church and get the gospel. And, and I really, I really believe that's something right now that the Lord is on and saying, Hey, break up with an unhealthy desire that says you have to be liked by everyone and just grow in confidence, be, be a confident so people. So, um, that's, that's one. Um, Second one I feel is probably more from just kind of it flows from from the well of my heart, right? Um, just what the Lord's done in here. But I, I just I would I would hammer this one every day, all day, nonstop, and that is develop friendship with the Spirit of God. Um, authentic friendship. Like when you when you don't hear him one day and you don't talk to him one day, your heart begins to have a missing in it. There's a longing there. Not a not a, a religious. Oh, I didn't pray today, uh, and I'm not even talking about that dedicated time. And I think that dedicated time is holy and special, but but friendship. Um, I, I would I would just man, if I could somehow get every person to that, it'd be that he he can laugh with you, like he he can cry with you, that the spirit of the Lord genuinely wants authentic, meaningful relationship he wants to be involved in your life and you can live with him involved in your life um there's 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 peace there's joy there's all these things that come from from friendship with the spirit of god he teaches us jesus he teaches us the scriptures he teaches us understanding he, he leads us in understanding and uh that that would just be that'd be it man i i think the more I've ministered in the charismatic world, the more I've leaned into, please be his friend. Please be his friend. Like, uh, not not just his worker, not just, I got touched, so I'm going out on power evangelism, going out on outreach, going on mission, um, or, or just the manifestation junkie. But authentically, like, if I don't have his voice today, I, I'm homesick. Like, I, I'm... I'm my heart misses something. I need him. Um, and there's really no way to say that. Like, I, I, there, I don't have language. I don't have, my words are inadequate. You know, I, I don't have the right words to express the magnitude of that longing that, that I wish people would just know that you can be friends with him. Like, and it's a really special thing. Wow, that's beautiful. 
And I, I think I think most people have that longing and don't know that's for Holy Spirit. You know, like David said, totally. my soul my soul longs for you, or my my flesh cries out. And like you know, we've all we've all expect uh, experienced our mind, will, and our emotions going a certain direction. And I I think actually I, I have some opinions on like self care and mental health and all that, but I think a lot of it has to do with a, a deeper cry. Um, for Holy Spirit that we just don't realize is that. And if we understood how much our, our spirit and our body, our, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions are like, we actually are longing for him. And if we would give ourselves over to that, like you're talking about, it would, it would change everything. Oh, so much. So, so. I think, I think, you know, some listeners have probably heard this before, but, but it, it's, it's just true that especially when I speak with, especially younger people that, that loneliness is not a bad thing. Like loneliness is, is your soul crying out to be with your creator, but the unrenewed the unrenewed mind doesn't, doesn't have a spot to put that feeling. And so, so we treat it as a negative thing, but loneliness is your soul crying out for, for, for God connection. And it's, it's like Jesus would, I think would go to lonely places, right? Desolate places, and uh, I think I think that that's that would be one of those things is like man for any person that feels perhaps lonely, don't beat yourself up and think you're in a bad place. You're actually in a good place. You've just not recognized it. You're in the optimal place because you're actually in a place where your heart is going. I'm thirsty, and so I just you know Isaiah 12 with joy draw from the draw water from the well of salvation, you know. Mm, but that's so good. Awesome. Um, typically, to close this out, typically I would ask, um, I, have a, I have a question I, I typically ask, but I feel like you just answered it, um, which may, maybe you didn't. Uh, maybe you'd have a different answer, but I, I, I like to ask my guests on the spot, so it just comes straight from the heart. If all of humanity was listening right now and and you could speak to them, uh, what would you say and just give you the next, you know, however long you want to speak, but you speak directly to them, not to Justin and I, but speak to that audience, whatever comes from your heart. If you feel like you've already said that, then um, we could do something else. But I want to give you that opportunity. Yeah, no, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, first is that you are so unbelievably deeply loved by God uh, that that would be that would be it, man. You are so unbelievably deeply loved by God that there is absolutely no thing in your life, in your past, in your present that could cause your father to look away from you for even a second. His eyes are on you and he absolutely loves you. And his hands, his nail pierced hands are extended to you with mercy and redemption. And that's he, he is full his redemption and his mercy is full of power that he, he doesn't, he doesn't give you an empty offering, but he, he actually gives you a power packed offering. The offering is that you can come to him and he can heal you. He can satisfy your soul. He can cleanse your conscience. Hebrews says that, that the blood of Jesus cleanses our conscience from shame. It, it's, it's the gospel, man, that, that no matter what you what you think you've done that could possibly be anything that's kept you from the Father or that's kept you from God, you are so 
unbelievably loved by him and that his hands are extended to you with mercy and with redemption and that mercy and redemption is power packed. And that, that would be, that would be the, the message right there. Not eloquent, but that would be the message. That's beautiful. Awesome. Well, Ryan, how can, uh, actually, can you, can you just, um, can you just pray for people for, a, uh, just relationship with Holy Spirit? I, I don't want to close before, you know, asking you to do that. That's, I feel like that's important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Father, I just, I thank you that you made your intention so clear through, through Jesus and the gospel of John. Jesus says that the spirit is the father's promise. You said that if we, if a, if a kid were to ask their father for an egg, a, a, a good father wouldn't turn around and give him a scorpion. How much so will our heavenly father give even better gifts to those who ask? So for every person who says, I want to have a better relationship with Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've given us this word through Jesus that says when we ask of you from the Spirit that, that you will send him to us. So, Father, I ask even now for people as they're listening, whether it's in their homes or their offices or while they're working out, Lord, wherever they may be, Father, I ask that you would send the Holy Spirit to them and meet them in their place, meet them right where they're at. Father, I ask that you would send the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit that you would come and you would touch their hearts and that you would cause love to overcome them. You would, you would cause the Father's love to completely wash over them, that you would you would take your finger and you would you would touch destiny, the purpose for which they were born. You would touch that very thing and that they would come alive with purpose and they would come alive with hope and that they would come alive with the, with just this promise for their future. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that right now for every listener that is that's 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 listening to this podcast, that your spirit would overwhelm them where they're at that they would feel you and sense your delight over them, your smile over them, your satisfaction in them. The the fact that you're such a proud father that's created a seat at the table with their name on it, that you're inviting them to Holy spirit. I just invite you to come, just come and touch them. I pray in Jesus mighty name. Now I'd like to say this to any person that's listening. I always like to remind people that the Holy spirit does not come as a result of our striving and petition. He, he's known as the Father's promise because he comes. When, when the Spirit of God comes, he's coming because the Father promised he would. That's why he comes. He doesn't come because you've strived enough to, to get him or because you've petitioned heaven for so many hours. He comes because the Father promised he would. And so all you have to do is simply be hungry for the very thing the Father promised. Ask. You don't have to work anything up. He's just really good, and he comes because the Father promised he would, and that should build faith in every single heart. <laughs> He's really good. That's so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, how can... Uh, thank you, first off. Thank you so much. And how, yeah. how can... Thank you so much. How can people connect with you? How can they connect with the church? Yeah, definitely. So uh, on Instagram, um, my my tag is rye underscore heart. 
Rye underscore H A R T. Um, Facebook, Ryan Hart. And then uh, for our church, uh, our website is kingdomchurchstl.com. And we're also on social, social media, Facebook, YouTube, um, and uh, Instagram. And so all of that would be Kingdom Church STL on all of those for St. Louis. So Kingdom Church St. Louis. So, yeah. Awesome. Justin, do you have anything to, before we close out? I think he killed it. It was a great conversation, great insight, man. Thank you so much. Love you, dude. Man. I'm so glad you came on with us. Thank you yeah. guys for having me on. I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of this conversation. I had fun. So thank you guys. Yeah. It was a blast. Yeah. Good. <laughs> we might have to have you back on for a, a round table or something. That'd be fun. Hey. Hit some uh, topic. That'd be great. Sweet. Yeah. So this is really I'm good. In. I hope, Ryan, we got to meet in person at some yeah. point. Let's do I'll, it. Uh, I'll have to get out there. You come out to Seattle, one of the two. Come see, uh, come see my church. I would. You, love I think you to got go to out. see. You were at Mercy Culture, right? Did yeah. Did you get to see Russell Johnson? I did. I didn't get to meet him, but I, I got to hear him, and I, I got to, I got to just get a get a sneak peek at, at what you guys are are like up there in Seattle, and it's fun. I liked it. So yeah. I like, I like <laughs> your pastor. Yeah, cowboy boots and a silver mullet. Uh, yeah, but. Man, God's moving. One of a kind. I like it. We so I we talked about last time when we were trying to record this podcast for those listening, we had a bunch of issues, couldn't record, then we just talked about dead raising. Uh <laughs> yeah. so, anyways. We did. Pursuits had two dead raisings in the last couple it's like in the last month and a half. Oh, that's something awesome. like that. Yeah. It's it's wild. The thing just God is moving and it's not like it's one of the first times I've been in an environment where the focus, we haven't focused, like truly focused on healing and it's just happening. That's beautiful. Um, which has been really cool. So anyways, you need to come visit. I want to come visit you guys. I still have never met Glory uh, or JJ in person. So that needs to happen They're the best. as well. They are yeah. the best. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for listening to this podcast. This was a lot of fun. Uh, go check out uh, Ryan Hart, also Justin Allen. If uh, if you're interested in hearing more about Justin Allen, there is a uh, we did a podcast together in season two, as well as the roundtable. So you can go listen to those. And uh, once again, share this with everyone you know. Share it on your social media. Help us get the word out. Make sure as well on Apple Podcasts that you leave us a review that'll help us show up higher in the search results. Uh, therefore reaching more people so thank you guys so much if you're interested in supporting what's going on you can go to firemovement.com support and there you can choose to do a one-time or monthly gift and also let us know if there's any testimonies uh, anything that touched you uh, in this in this podcast uh, change your perspective healings all the stuff we want to hear it we want to celebrate with you so until next time this has been the fire podcast